Hello, what's up, and welcome to today's episode of the Social Media Moneymakers podcast. I wanted to start by saying thank you so much to everyone who listened to last week's episode where you got to interview me. It was really, really fun to get to hear your questions and answer them in a kind of flipped style of what we normally do on this podcast. Also, I should say, while we haven't made any firm decisions yet, it is likely that we will do that style of podcast again in the future. So if you ever do have an Instagram-related question or a question that you would like to ask me while you're listening to this show, go ahead and send me a voice note over on Instagram at Brock11Johnson. I would love to hear your question and maybe even feature you on an upcoming episode. Speaking of Instagram, that's exactly what we are talking about today. Today, I am interviewing none other than Abigail Pugh, who is an absolutely amazing Instagram expert who specifically has an expertise in helping you grow and monetize your Instagram with digital products. Of course, she is a big fan and frequent user of Stan. You'll hear us talk about it more throughout the podcast, but I do want to give a quick shout out to them as the producer of this podcast. They're an absolutely amazing product to help you create digital products from your Instagram. So if you haven't already, make sure to check out Stan. And I say that because that is what we're going to be talking about with Abigail today. At the beginning of this episode, the first few questions are about Instagram growth strategies. And I pick her brain a little bit on what she believes in terms of what makes quality content, how frequently you should post, and other common Instagram related questions. And then in the second half, of this episode, we dive deep into the products that she created, when and how she created them, and how she has been able to reach $1 million in revenue in just 15 months of doing business. We also talk about some of her students and their case studies, how they have had $10,000 weeks, $15,000 launches, and so much more, primarily with digital products and primarily through using Stan. Make sure to stick around for the second half as well, because we're really going to break down the exact percentages and the nitty gritty of how much she promotes, where she promotes. And I think it might surprise you because what she has to say is pretty different than what a lot of people put into practice or what a lot of people might say online. So I think this is going to be a really exciting episode. I think you're going to learn a lot. Make sure to grab a pen and a piece of paper. Make sure to check out Abigail. I'll make sure to link her uh, Instagram and all of her socials down in the show notes below this episode. And without further ado, let's hop into it. Hello, hello, Abigail. Welcome to today's episode of Social Media Moneymakers. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Wow, my voice got so high pitched. Why do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> at least it didn't crack. I'm sure mine will uh, at some point today, but uh, I appreciate you for being here. I'm super excited to have you and I'm excited to uh, you know, get into the nitty gritty of first half of this interview talking Instagram strategy um, and like what are your best practices and thoughts and all of that. Um, and then the second half, we're going to dive into, okay, we built our Instagram or whatever, we're up and running on Instagram. How do we make it make money for us, right? Because we can't just be posting reels all day. We need to be providing for our family. And I know you have a really awesome story that we can also get into there about providing for your family through your Instagram. So we'll get into all of that. But let's start um, with kind of just like the most common question that I think I get, um, Mm -hmm. which is around this idea of like minimum posting frequency. You hear so many different things about you have to post every day. You you don't have to post every day. You can post once a week. You should post 14 times a day. So I would love to hear what you teach. And then I would also love to explore kind of like what you do personally and whether or not that differs at all from what you teach. What I teach um, is what I do. And I think it depends on what season you're in. So if you want to grow and learn quicker, posting one to two times a day is going to be amazing for you, right? But if you are someone that, let's say you work a full-time job, you have kids, you have all this stuff going on, posting two times a day and quality posting quality content two times a day 
it's not going to be easy. So I don't recommend that because most of the time it turns into crappy quality where they're just copying what everybody else is doing. So mm -hmm. I truly think it's the season you're in right now. I am in a little bit of a slower season. So my, you know, standard for posting right now is probably four to five times a week. But then if I get like surges of, you know, inspiration or like that Beyonce song started trending yesterday yeah. and, or the day before, um, I'm sure it actually started trending right at when the Super Bowl happened. But um, I heard it and I loved it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to post twice today because I loved it. And I posted something just like on the whim, um, which yeah. that's another thing. I think if you're a creator that is inspired by like on the whim posting, um, you know, maybe schedule two to three posts per week and then leave room to post creatively. Like I think we've taken a lot of the creativity out of posting as yeah. well. And it makes it just this like, oh my God, I have to post today. Whereas with that Beyonce video, I was like, dang, I'm so excited for this. I have the perfect video where I'm dancing and I filmed it when I was at Disneyland and I was just like excited to post it. So yeah. um, long story short, I think posting what you can, when you can is best. And then knowing that there are different seasons. Um, if you want to grow more, posting more, probably going to help you do that, right? You'll learn faster yeah. and you can get more content out there. But if you're in a season of just kind of holding steady and like doing what you can, posting three or four times a week isn't going to ruin your account. Like it's better gotcha. than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I love uh, what you're saying first and foremost about like the seasonality, like we're all in different seasons of life and business. So I totally hear you on that. Um, and I also love the idea of scheduling maybe like two or three in the week, but then leaving the rest kind of open for like the content where you're feeling excited and inspired. Yeah. Because I think usually that content is going to perform very well because like it, it shines through, right? Like I don't know scientifically what it is, but when you're fired up and you're like, oh my gosh, I love like Beyonce plus country music. I love this song. It's so fun. I'm going to make a dance to it. Like it just, it shines through and your audience can really pick up on that. Yeah. And then I also think as, as a content creator, it like feels a lot more rewarding, you know, like it, it, makes you enjoy what you're doing. Not that you don't enjoy every single day, but you know, there are those days where it's more mundane. And so I love that idea and that kind of approach to bringing the creativity back. I think that's really awesome in terms of the actual creativity and in terms of making a quality post, because that was one thing you mentioned is, you know, if you start posting two times a day and forcing yourself to maintain a frequency that is just not sustainable for you, you're going to start putting out crap and it's going to be low quality and you're going to be posting to post. So for you, what tips do you have or how do you differentiate between a post that is just posted to be posted? It's just kind of crap versus something that's actually high quality or it's actually creative or it's actually worth posting, we could say. I think for me, I tend to go the route of like, if I don't have something that I like really love, I don't post it, but that's definitely not what I recommend because <laughs> when I, so I teach something called rich girl reels and it's a live challenge and I post my example the day before I give it to them. Right. So it makes me post 21 days in a row and like, I can't miss a day yeah. um, because I'm like teaching them how to do it. And something about that really helps me get around this idea of like letting go of perfectionism and trying new things because mm -hmm. I do think there's this like fine line of like, yes, you want it to be quality, but like, how will you know if it's quality if you never try it? Right. And now I have like 30 to 40 ideas that are tried and true. And I know that they perform well. And I know that I can be like, you know what? I'm dead inside today. I need to post something from my content vault or something like that where I'm like, I know it does one. Like there's one where I talk about like apps that I use as a creator. And I say three apps that I use that help me make a shit ton of money. And I literally just feature different apps usually each time mm -hmm. and it always performs well. So like, I know that's quality. I know it helps people. I know people love it. 
Um, but then also being open to this idea again of just like leaving room for trying new things. And like, I think people are so hung up on like, well, does it have value? I'm like, if it makes someone laugh, that's valuable. Like I love making people laugh. I've always been someone that like just loves to joke. I'm sarcastic. And like when people laugh at me or with me, like I love it. Um, and so like, that's valuable too. And I think people get so caught up in like, well, you know, there's not like 87 tips in this. I'm like, <laughs> sometimes you don't need tips. Sometimes like literally people just want to laugh with you. And I feel like you're really good at that type of content where you just like jump on things that are happening in the world to make people laugh at them. And I love that. Like, I think it's very underused. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I approach that. Cool. Got and thank you. I should say thank you for for the compliment. Um, I I totally agree. When we hear value, we think the post has to be like educational, and I feel like that's kind of what's been ingrained in so many people's mind. Um, when like you said, making someone laugh is is very valuable. Um, and in terms of your social media engagement, having someone laugh and feel like they can relate to you, it's great for engagement. Like not mm-hmm. every single post needs to be super professional and super educational, even yeah. if you're an account that that's you and that's your your brand is like you are very professional and educational mixing in you know like a little funny thing or something that's inspirational or uh just relatable like a story is 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 value right just being that having that human connection it has a lot of value um i'm curious do you think there's any like strategies or features on instagram uh that are over overrated maybe like people spend too much time stressing about them or maybe everyone's like obsessed with with this one thing but you're like no that's that's from 10 years ago everyone should stop worrying about that and everyone should do this instead what what's overrated on instagram honestly whatever makes you stress is overrated mm. right like for mm. me i used to freak out over hashtags when i first got started and like i felt like they were so overwhelming and i'd get i didn't want to post anything cuz i was like what if i do the wrong hashtag what if so i grew everything that i've done without hashtags i maybe like used them wow. like 5 to 10 times Um, but they just scared me. And so I don't think they're overrated. I know they're, they work for people. And like, um, I know they're different now than they used to be, but still like, I think anything that stresses you out, like you don't have to use every feature of Instagram. And I think people see these posts of like, well, here, this does this and this does this and you need all of these. And I'm like, if you're not good at lives, don't do Instagram lives. If you're not good at like, if hashtags freak you out, don't use them. Like, I think we've again been so like, it's like nailed in our brain that like, if you don't use every feature, you're going to be punished. And it's like, well, then people aren't going to use any. (laughs) Yeah. So I think like anything that really stresses you out, obviously you have to post, you have to do stories. I think those are things that like, you can't really get away with doing. I know that doing lives would help my business, but like, I just haven't been in a season where they're sustainable for me. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with like letting things go. And like, I've grown my entire community to where it's at now without doing lives. I don't think I've ever done an Instagram live for this account. I used to do them for like a UGC client and I had to do them every week. And it was like Mm. every week I was like countdown until the day that (laughs) they're just, they're not my thing. I get a little worked up over doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm there, I love them and they're great. But like anything that's more stressed than it's worth, I think is overrated on Instagram. I love that. Like I'm totally on the same page. I Lives are cool. And I every time I do a live, I'm like, oh, that was fun. I, I enjoyed that. Um, and it's interactive and whatnot. But I'm in the same way, same boat. Like I'm in a season where I would rather spend a few extra hours of free time in my week 
snowboarding yep. or like hanging out with my wife than going live on Instagram. I'm sure that will change maybe once snowboard season's over. But like <laughs> I, I, going back to your point about seasons, yeah. like, you know, you don't have to use every feature and you definitely don't have to use every feature all the time, 365 days a year. Um, I, I love that. Like, hey, whatever. Uh, the thing that's overrated is the thing that is stressing you out. I think that's really... Uh, really powerful. How have you grown, by the way? I know you've grown fast. I know you're at like 75,000 followers now. Tell me, like, where did your growth begin? Where did you start this business? Um, and what keys, really, that's what I'm most interested in, that allowed you to grow the, not just the following, but the business that you've built today? Yeah. So I started this account, I want to say so many years now, um, <laughs> 20, end of 2022, as like a Reels account. At the time, I was doing UGC which if you guys don't know what that is, user-generated content, pretty much I've been creating content for brands for like six years now. So I knew how to create content. I just never did it for myself. So I started gotcha. this page as a Reels page, and I think I grew to like 900 people. Um, it was mainly family and friends or people who were interested that I knew from my personal old account, right? And yeah. then I took a break from this, grew on Instagram like or on TikTok like crazy, Came back to Instagram and in January of 2023, I think I had like 3,600 followers. So okay. definitely um, a lot in like a one year time span. But um, I also spent a lot of time like figuring out what didn't work with the other niche that I was in and kind of like mm -hmm. seeing, okay, what's working. Um, I'm also a very like, um, I study content. Like I love to see what's working, like the mannerisms, like just like why somebody's going viral, not necessarily for what they're saying, but like what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and just like learning. I post about on threads today, how like hands, having your hands in the video, um, makes people trust you more. Right. And like, I'm a mm -hmm. hand talker, but yeah. before I never used to have my hands in my videos. Now they're in my stories. They're in my reels. Like I always wow. have them in there. It's natural for me. Um, but I just didn't have them like up in the video. Um, but I'd say for me, the growth happened so quickly. Um, something I really focused on first was connection and community first, mm. um, sales second. Uh, yeah. and I did great for sales. Like my digital product sales were amazing. And like, I grew really fast with income, but like, I really focused on the community building. Um, mm. and like a lot of my students are friends now and just like focusing on the connection first, which I feel like a lot of the time people don't do that. They just start yeah. and they're like, I'm not making money. I'm like, people don't know who you are. People have no idea your story. Like I have told my story. I feel like a broken record and people are still like, wait, what? That happened? I'm like, I've said it a million times. Um, but just really just talking about my story and coming from a place of like storytelling, not, hey, I'm here to sell you something, which yes, I'm a business. I sell things. But like mm -hmm. if you show up first and build the community, um, mm -hmm it's so much more worth it in the long run too, I think. But totally. um, I also focus on reels very heavily. I still do. I love video content. So again, I'm good at it. I enjoy it. I go hard on it, right? Yeah. Uh, doesn't mean that carousels or posts don't work, but um, I focused a lot on reels and like storytelling and just testing what was working. Like I feels like sometimes I post a lot of repeat content, but like I love to test things and like test just like small changes. Um, I'm very mm. like analytical in that sense and like testing what works and what doesn't. So um, I tried a lot of things. I flopped a lot of times yeah. Um, yeah. to see. And like sometimes I still don't have reels that perform great as someone who like teaches Instagram growth for people who want to sell digital products. Like I have stuff flop all the time and I don't care. Like I, I'm literally just testing if it, you know, reached and helped one person. Great. That's all I care about. Um, just like learning what's working and 
really like pivoting when things change. I feel like that's something a lot of people don't do on Instagram is where they'll like see a ton of growth doing one thing. And then you see them just like remaking that same video 87 times. And like (laughs) you went viral for it five times. That's amazing. That's great. Now do something else, figure Mm -hmm. out a different way to like say what you're saying just in a little bit of a different way and kind of just pivoting to what's working now, because honestly, what's, what was working like at the end of last year is not working now. Um, yeah. so you really have to like stay up on what's happening. It's wild. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I totally agree. You said connection and community first. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people say, but I'm curious, like tactically, how did you do that? How did you focus on connection and community? Were you like following everyone back? Were you DMing every person who commented on your page and like asking them to be their BFF? Like, how did you actually go about building the connection in the community early on? Yeah. So I don't follow everyone. I follow people that like what interests me. Obviously there's some students that like are friends now, like, um, but I also want to like genuinely have relationships with people, if that makes sense. Um, and so for me, it's just like always kind of inviting people being part of the conversation and inviting Mm. feedback um, and not in a way to like make a sale or do anything, but literally just to be like, I want to know what you think about this. And um, I've had a lot of fun with threads doing that kind of just like asking people's opinions on things. And you'd be surprised people love to give their opinion, Uh, but it's a lot of fun and you like learn more about people. Um, I'm also very introverted. So like being able to connect with people when I pick up my phone and then set it down when I'm like, I'm done. And this is a lot for me. Um, So I think it's just been kind of like opening up the door. So like tangibly, you know, posting a story and asking for feedback, not having it be about business, literally about something that's you like people, my ride or dies know that I'm very crunchy. They know that like, I love watching friends. They know that I'm gluten-free, like, right. There's just like little things Mm -hmm. that like you kind of open up the conversation. Um, And I think this doesn't get done well because people are so afraid to like show themselves. Um, And from the beginning, like I have been myself, like I show up in my, not pajamas, but like sweats. Um, I don't wear makeup often. You know, I've been detoxing from mold during this whole journey. So like a lot of health stuff. And so just like showing up as me, not being afraid. I mean, like this is probably the only time I'll wear mascara this month, (laughs) to be honest. Um, I just like got a little nervous before. So I was like, okay, I'm going to throw some on. Um, But kind of really just like being you and not being afraid to like repel some people because they don't like that. That's fine. Like I honestly love when I get unfollows because I'm like, great. They just, they weren't my community and I'm totally fine with that. And I would rather like really focus on attracting people that I want to work with and that I just like want to be around as opposed to like being perfect for everyone, which mm-hmm. was a really long answer, but yeah, no, community building sense. is hard to like tangibly teach because I think it's yeah. a lot of just like being open um, I set time aside every day to respond to DMs. Um, I, otherwise I'd be in there my whole day. Right. Um, yeah. so I spent a little bit of time and I really just try and like be how I would in real life online. Yeah. Right. Like, um, I can't remember her last name, Colleen something. Um, she's speaking at a conference with me, but she has a book called don't make it weird. And it's literally like, you need to like show up online as if you're your normal human self, like don't be somebody you're not online. I think a lot of people do that. They like try to have this persona. I feel like it's happening a lot with the faceless Instagrams mm. right now. It's like they have this persona and I'm like, 
you literally are dead inside to me. Like, who are you? I want to know who you are. I want to know what you like. I want to know what you don't like. I mean, some of my most responded to things are me talking about things that I don't like, like food or, you know, something like that, that I just like, don't like, like I got a calendar and it was blue and I didn't like the color. So I reordered it in pink and I tore it down. And so many people yeah. were like, oh, that was so like, how could you get rid of that? I'm like, I just didn't like the color. I don't know. Like wanted something <laughs> yeah. on brand. <laughs> totally. But, yeah. No, that's helpful. I think that that's very helpful. And I'd love to even like break down the strategy within this uh, of kind of showing yourself and like, you know, showing behind the scenes, if you will, or letting them know about like being gluten-free or as you said, like being crunchy or loving friends, um, friends, the show that is, of course we all love our friends, but like I say that because the other day you made a post, um, February 2nd and you said, uh, it was your January, 2024 recap. And the first slide, it says 31 breakfasts cooked and enjoyed with my family. And I remember like this popped out to me. And then like the second slide or the third slide, I guess, was how many leads you had. But then it goes back to one ski day with my fam. So mm -hmm. I feel like this really stood out to me because it was an exception to the norm. Mm -hmm. It feels like the majority of what you post is on brand, if you will, or related to your niche. Like it's about growing on Instagram and making sales. Um, but this one was more personal and more behind the scenes. So let's start with that post in and of itself and kind of that strategy. Is that what you teach is, hey, the majority of your posts are niche, but then every once in a while you should mix in this sort of like personal feed post? Yeah. So something that I teach in one of my trainings is like you literally on Instagram, more so in your stories, I would say, um, mm -hmm. is showing up like through the lens of your business, right? So all of those personal things in that post were because of what I do, right? So mm. it like makes perfect sense, but it's still a way for me to share like my, you know, what's important to me, what I value um, in life and like little things about me, but it's still all very related to what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Um, and for me personally, my feed posts, um, I do get personal, but I make sure that it's like all relative in some way and not always like super relative, but um, like I don't do mom content because I don't want to yeah, attract gotcha. moms that don't want to sell a digital product. You know what I mean? Um, I could totally do it. And I know I could go viral with so many mom things. Like I am very relatable <laughs> in that way, but like I choose not to because I don't want to grow my account like that. Um, so for me, I would say my feed posts, I definitely try and keep them more related to business um, and what I'm doing. I will test things out um, like the recap one. I love recaps, but I notice again, everyone was only doing business. And I'm like, I want to know about your life too, because you have a million dollar business, but you hate your life. Like, I don't want to learn from you. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want that. Right. Um, yeah. So kind of just sharing what I want to see. And I don't know, I'm definitely an innovator. I don't like to be doing what everybody else is doing. And like, I'm definitely, you know, people take inspiration from me and then I'm like, oh, I need to do something else. Everybody else is doing this now. I want to try something yeah. new. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's just like a me thing. I was, um, definitely like artist, very like I, I love artsy fartsy stuff um, and all that. So I take pride in what I do and I, I want to be original um, and I want things to like be different than what everyone else is doing. But I will say in my stories, I'm much more open to, you know, posting something that literally has nothing to do, not a lot. And I always give it context because mm -hmm. again, I like in the back of people's mind, I want to be like, reminding them that I'm able to live this life because of what I do and what I teach mm -hmm. my students how, or students to do. Um, yeah. But like, obviously, like I have a story for later today sharing like a gluten-free pizza um, popper. Like that has nothing to do <laughs> with, yeah. it's just 
just really good. And I know a lot of people who are gluten-free follow me um, and they'll cool. love them. So. That makes sense. I think that's that's a good framework and I can totally like envision how that would fit into my account or anyone's account listening. That makes sense. I'd love to now pivot and talk a little bit more about the actual like business side of things. I know you had a post recently that said, uh, you know, I hit a million dollars in revenue in 15 months with digital products. And I love uh, how you've articulated your niche, even just in this conversation of it's not just Instagram growth or making money on Instagram, but through digital products. So I'd love mm -hmm. to backtrack and like in chronological order, what was the first <laughs> digital product you offered? How much did you sell it for? How long did it take you to create? Like, like, let's get into the nitty gritty of that offer. Yeah. I should also say before all of this, I, worked for someone who sold digital products and I was her customer support. So mm. I, I have a lot of um, not experience selling my own because I'd never really sold my own, but just kind of like being in the world and seeing what other people would do. So A, I knew it was possible and B, I definitely like knew a lot of the back end, like my brain knew how to work around things, which isn't normal at the beginning. Like it's normal to be like, hey, I want to sell this digital product. How does it get delivered? And in my head, I'm like, duh, Stan Store automatically sends that when somebody buys it. Yeah. But like, if you've never sold something, it's totally normal to feel like, I have no idea how this gets delivered to someone. Um, so precursor there. <laughs> um, okay, so I started in 2022, yes, with UGC. So yeah. my husband actually had some pretty major health issues. He had two strokes kind of unexpectedly in April, 2022. We ended up moving to Idaho to be near my mom for help with my daughter. And I'd been doing UGC for, I think, four or five years at the time. Um, content creation, like where nobody knew it was me. <laughs> um, I'm good at content creation. I enjoy it. I just like never wanted to be the face of a brand mm -hmm. um, until now, apparently. Uh, so in 2022, we moved and someone told me I need to get on TikTok. Now, if you guys are on TikTok, you probably have seen UGC everywhere now. It was not like that in 2022. It was very new and very hot and like everybody wanted to know. But people were teaching it that like had started a week ago. Um, and so people were like, I want I want people who know. And I was like, oh, I know a lot of UGC. Like I, I know a lot of this. So I started my TikTok. It blew up. Um, I think I had like... 11,000 followers in the first two months, I want to say. When I launched my first digital product, I had 11,000 followers. Okay. Um, and very quickly became known in that industry, which was kind of wild just from one app. Like, it was crazy. Um, so my first digital product was on UGC. Loved it. It was a starter kit. It was very simple. I did a lot of market research. And the only thing out there at the time, this is very different now. There are tons of courses on it now. But there was only like a $500 course and like a $300 something. So I was like, dude, people need entry level. Like creators don't have 500 bucks laying around. Um, so I did a $47 one. I think I launched it actually at 35, eventually went up to 47. Um, and it did really well. I did 10,607. I have this screenshot in my office Love that. <laughs> in my first month. And I just, it more so just like blew my mind that it was possible. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I very quickly saw that like one viral video on TikTok would make me like thousands in a few days. Um, and I'd yeah. never experienced anything like that before. Um, so I, again, very analytical. I started like tracking everything I was doing and TikTok is a whole nother ball game for selling. Yeah. Like you have to be very strategic. People don't want to know that you're selling to them on TikTok yeah. or on Instagram. I can be like, dude, comment this word. I'll send you the link to buy it. People are eat it up. They love it. Yeah. Whereas on TikTok, like if they sniff that you're trying to sell something, 
they're like, oh, it's a scam. You're, no, 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 no. Like, it's very yeah. different. So I really, really learned the app. Um, then my whole TikTok got taken down. Some troll reported all my posts. Oh my it was gosh. great. Um, started over, grew to 90,000 followers again very quickly that time because I really knew what I was doing. And I had old videos to repurpose. Um, grew really quickly on there. And then I started doing, like, master classes to kind of, like, teach people what I was doing, but also just to, like, document. I did a $9 master class on how I made 40K in 90 days um, okay. using digital products. I really just wanted to test out and see if, like, do people want to learn this from me? Because, again, back then, like, master resale rights, everything that's available now was not openly available to people, right? And there yeah. were not a lot of people were teaching build a personal brand, sell a digital product on something you're good at. Um, now I feel like maybe it's, it's just because of my niche, so I see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot more popular now. But again, back then, I didn't know if people wanted to know or like learn it. So I launched that. It didn't like sell out like crazy or anything. I, I don't even remember how much money I made from it. It was $9. I literally just wanted the research and wanted people who were interested. I loved it. I literally remember the Q&A being like, this is what I was put on this earth to do. Teach people mm. how to ethically sell something that they love, that they're passionate about through a digital product. Um, and I really struggled kind of letting go of UGC. Um, mm. But in, I want to say February or March, I launched a digital product, um, like a boot camp, something a little bigger. I had done my starter kit, but like, again, I got all nervous and I felt like nobody wants this for me. So I launched it and like didn't talk about it. Um, mm. Entrepreneur life, right? You get all fearful and you're like, well, nobody's going to want to buy this. So then I launched a boot camp and it was a little bit higher priced. Um, I think it was 197 or 297. Um, yeah. It did incredible. I had, I think that was when I had my first $80,000 month. And I was like, wow, I love this. I'm so much more passionate about it. Um, I loved UGC, but like, it's a lot of work. You have to really, it's a lot of work that like, if you let go of a few things, like you don't, you can't get as many jobs, right? You have yeah. to pitch, you have to like constantly finding new clients. I mean, I have a few retainer clients, but nothing to like the scale that I wanted to hit. Whereas with digital products, like I could impact so many more people and really just, I think, do what I was put on this earth to do. Um, and I just like felt the shift and I let go of UGC and like, immediately felt so much lighter and mm. just kind of felt like, okay, like that had its season in life. I still have one UGC client that I do every month. Um, I just don't talk about it anymore. Um, gotcha. and then went all into digital product and pretty much all my offers have literally just been created based on like what people need next. Um, I love low ticket. Um, I just enjoy it more and I like impacting more people. So if I have like a lower price, I know I can reach more people um, and I know I can do the volume that I need, right? I think some people yeah. don't want to do low ticket because they're like, I do have to do higher volume and I want to be more involved in the person and what they're learning. I'm like, that's great. Like, you can do whatever works for you. I love low ticket. I love being present with my daughter. I love that, like, if she's having a rough day, I can literally be like, yeah, close my laptop. I'll be back tomorrow. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it works for me and I love it. Um, but now I think I have launched, like, maybe 13 products. They're not all wow. in my shop now. Um, but again, with this, I literally like took them along for the ride. Every time I learned something, I would do a masterclass and I would market it more as like my journey. And like, they could ask me questions about my journey. Um, cause I never wanted them to like, I was an expert as I'm learning. I mean, experts are always learning. And now I feel confident calling myself an expert in what I do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very good at what I do. And I have years of other experience that are related to this, um, in that way. But like then 
I really just wanted to take them along for the journey. So I did like these smaller masterclasses. I did a TikTok one. I did um, one on like Instagram growth um, for selling a digital product and things like that to kind of like learn what people wanted. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of questions I have as you're kind of walking me through that. The first one is starting with UGC and then you transition to now where you are the face of the brand and you know, you're on camera, all that stuff. What was that like? A and B is, was that out of necessity? Was that out of, uh, you know, a desire to start putting yourself on camera? Because I know that a lot of people listening to the show are probably in that space where maybe they're not doing UGC, but they're doing faceless content. Mm -hmm. They're scared to put themselves out there as the face of the brand. Um, so what advice would you give that person? People want to buy from people it's just how it yeah. is. And I think when I started all this, I mean, my husband was still healing from his strokes. I had like, she wasn't even two yet. My daughter was like attached to me and anything that I was doing. I was really like craving connection with people. Um, and just kind of craving this idea of like, I don't want to show up as anyone else. I don't want to have my makeup done every day. So why do I feel like I have to? Right. Um, and I'm not sloppy, but like I show up as myself and I'm a mom who doesn't wear a lot of makeup and like I've attracted people that are not the same as me, but we all have like something in common. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like A, you have to just start. You'll never get good at something if you don't start. But B, just be okay like being bad at something at the beginning and being like, you know what? This isn't great. My first reels were so bad. They were so, so bad. Like it's okay. My first TikToks, literally I saw a TikTok video when I first started it and they said that like having movement. And I was like, I had no clue that like people talk <laughs> with their hands or that they did their makeup. I literally held pencils in my hand for some movement. Like you just got to get into it and start and feel uncomfortable and know that like, some people have charisma on camera better than others. And that's totally normal. Like I'm really good on camera. I know that my mannerisms and what I say and how I say it matter. So when I film a TikTok, mm -hmm. that's like a talking head or an Instagram, that's a talking head video. Like I take my time on those because I know the importance of like not looking like a douchebag when I'm saying something that's maybe a little bit of tough love. Right. I yeah. need to look how I feel, which Obviously, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just trying to get a point across. But like if I show up and I'm like, meh, 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 like they're going to watch that video and feel like I'm talking down on them. But if I'm yeah. intentional with my words and I say things with love and I preface it with things and like show the body language of like caring about them, like it goes so much farther in the video. And I think people miss that because at the end of the day, for me, at least the content I'm consuming, I just want to like feel what the person is saying. I want mm. to feel something when I watch their video. I want to connect with them. And even if it's like something that I disagree with, um, like there are people in the space that I disagree with all the time. And I'm like, but the way they delivered it, I loved it. I loved hearing their opinion. And I thought it was so cool. Am I going to take it? No, but I loved hearing that because they showed up authentically as themselves in the video. Totally. That makes sense. Percentage wise, specifically on Instagram, how did you, or can you break down how you promoted your digital offers? So like, let's say like maybe one of the early ones, was it like 90% stories, 10% reels? How did you break it up uh, between the different kinds of content on Instagram? And then I guess I could throw like ads in there too. Like, did you ever run ads or boost posts? Yeah. So I don't have an exact percentage. I would say I sell every single day, um, okay. but not in a way that's like, buy this product. Like there's always storytelling, right? Unless I'm in a launch, I will rarely just be like, comment this and buy this. 
Um, mm. There's like always storytelling behind it. But also I think it's important to have a call to action in everything you're doing. I mean, obviously there's like the few that you post where you're like just connecting with someone or something happened. You know, there's always yeah. an exception to the norm. I'm like, I just did one yesterday. I reshared something I shared on threads. It did really well on threads. And I was like, dude, I didn't take, take this conversation to Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have a call to action to anything other than asking them to give me feedback on something, right? I'm mm-hmm. not selling. But I would say 98% of the time my content is selling, just not in the way people think, right? Like sometimes I will hard sell in stories, but pretty much every day there's something in there that's selling without them necessarily knowing they're being sold to. Um, so I would say most of my content has it. Um, and it does really well for me. Uh, yeah. I think people are afraid to sell. And then they're like, well, I sell once a week. And I'm like, oh, are you making good money? No. Yeah, people yeah. don't know your product exists. And again, it's it's in the way you deliver it. So I'd, again, say probably 98% of my content um, is selling something or offering something for them next um, so that when they are ready, they're like, great, I know where to go. I know what word to comment. I know how to get the link. I am good to go. Um, instead of just like, if I talked about my products once a month, they would never sell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely have a different approach than I think a lot of people where they like won't sell on their reels, they'll only sell on their stories. Um, and I think they're missing out on helping a lot of people because in, unless they run ads, I will say like you can post differently when you run ads. Um, I sure. don't run paid ads. We try, I tried boosting like one or two posts, probably spent like a hundred bucks over the 19 mm-hmm. months I've been doing this. Um, and I, I just wanted to like practice what I preach. I don't want to teach ads. So eventually I might do them. Like if we have another baby and I need more time off, like I'm not saying no to it, but it's definitely not how I've built everything that I've built. Um, but I will say if you run ads, you can post very differently on your organic social media because you don't need to be selling as much in your organic social media um, if you're doing paid ads because that's where the selling is happening. But as someone that does, you know, pretty much 100% organic content, apart from those few uh, reels that we tested out boosting. Um, that's where I sell. Like, that's where I'm selling. And it's what I teach, too. So I like to practice what I preach for people mm-hmm. um, and kind of show them the nitty-gritty of selling every day. And I've pulled my audience several times and asked them, like, do you feel like I'm, like, selling at you all the time? And it's mm-hmm. like, always no, right? Because I position my products as the answer to their problem, but I don't push them on them. I'm not like, buy this, buy this, buy this. I rarely post or share anything that's like, buy my product. It tells a story. It lets them know how I can help them. And it gives them the option to ask for it to be sent to their inbox. Like they can still get value from that post and I can still sell in it without them buying anything. And like, it works for me. So yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. There's like so many practical nuggets to take away from everything you just said. So I hope everyone watching or listening right now, like rewinds and just re-listens to that answer because like you can take notes on that and probably listen two or three times and still get more practical, valuable knowledge out of that. So thank you so much for all of that. Um, And I'm sure, (laughs) and I'm sure your students like really understand the strategy. And you said in one of your recent posts, you had a student hit 10 K in sales in four days with a $17 product. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit more? We don't have to, you know, do a hour long masterclass, but just tell me more about the strategy that they used or like how, how was that possible? Yeah. So a little bit of context, Kara, a long time, long time student of mine. Um, she bought like my first boot camp on digital products. I love her. Uh, we're friends now. She lives like an Shout hour. Shout out to Kara. Yeah. <laughs> 
chaos with Kara. She's amazing. But um, so this was, I want to say her fourth digital product launch. So not her first launch, not her first rodeo. Um, and she made that in four days because it was a launch period, right? So she had a new product. Um, she launched it. She used Rich Girl Reels to talk about it, to sell. Um, but yeah, I'd say the strategy behind this is honestly like she knows what she's doing now. She's four launches in and her first launch was super successful, but nothing like this, right? Like th that's incredible. Um, and she sells low ticket products to moms. So, um, this one I believe was one on, oh, what to do when your kids are like hyper and you need to give them an activity to do outside, um, to like get the hyperness out. And then she had another product that was an upsell, which I think the upsell together still only made it $34. So she did volume in those yeah. four days. And it's actually funny. She messaged me on the first day and was like, oh, sales are like not where I want them to be. It's only mm -hmm. a four day launch. And I told her, I'm like, dude, you haven't even talked about it. You did like one story. You didn't show anybody that had bought it yet. You didn't like hype it up after that. And I kind of gave her this like kick in the butt. And I was like, you are going to feel blue in the face when you're done talking about this. Because with launches, it's totally different. You have to be in people's faces for four days. And you have to like actually sell your product, tell people about it. Um, and she did. She killed it. She posted every single day. Um, she sent out emails to her email list. Um in the boot camp, I have them for the students. It's like templates where they just insert their information. Um, and she went really hard for four days and ended up making like $10,000 in four days with a very low ticket product. Um, but I got a little bit of heat on threads for that. Um, <laughs> Cause people are like, you didn't give context. And I'm like, Ugh. to some extent, like there's context for everything that people post. Yes. And at the end of the day, like I can't go into an hour of Kara's history. I tag her in everything so that people can go to her page and see. She does have a good size following. She just hit over 100,000. She's been consistent. She's really good about showing up on social media. Yes, but that doesn't take away from her win. And it is an incredible yeah. win. And um, she crushed it. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Kara. That's 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 pretty awesome um, and, and great to hear. And yeah, to your point, like everything has context and like you, you can only give so much context, uh, but I think that's awesome. You tag her so people can check her out. Um, I know you've talked a lot about digital products today and I know you also have a free uh, digital product ideas guide. Can you tell us more about where we can find that? Yeah. So in my stand store, which you guys, if you don't use stand, it's amazing. I love them. <laughs> a little plug there for them. They're the best. Um, <laughs> I have a, a freebie. It's just 75 digital product ideas. It kind of walks you through my journey too and show you um, kind of the timeline of um, how I hit $10,000 my first month. Um, but yeah, there's just some ideas in there because I feel like a lot of people are, you know, sitting on really good ideas that they're like, nobody would want to know this. And I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, a lot of people would want to know that. That's awesome. Um, and there's like so many things that people are already doing in life that they could be sharing um, and making money off and building a community around. So the ideas are great to kind of just like get your brain going because in my opinion, coming up with a product and committing to it is one of the hardest parts, right? People yeah. are like, well, I'm committed to this for my whole life. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You can always pivot. I pivoted my entire brand. Granted, mine, we're related, right? It's content creation. Like there is a bridge there, but I literally changed my entire brand and you know, I'm doing what I was born to do, right? Yeah. Um, so you're not married to it. Uh, I would just say, like, pick something you're passionate about and 
you have experience in, not just something that people are telling you is trending or going to make you money. Um, Because in the long run, like picking something that you can talk about until you're blue in the face um, is way more profitable than something that maybe it's trending right now and you're going to make good money and then sales are going to die off because you're like, oh, I have nothing else to talk about. Yeah. So it's fun for you. Plus it's going to be so much more rewarding to get to talk about that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll, we will link up uh, your stand store and your socials down in the show notes below the episode. But thank you so much for being here. Any last words of wisdom or encouragement uh, before we part ways? Oh, a few things. First one, (laughs) I just want you, I say this all the time. It's not hard. It's just new and new things can feel really hard at the beginning. Even for me as someone that's like, I'm really good at what I do. If you ask me something about Stan, I could literally tell you every single answer. Like I probably know more than their Stanley, their bot, um, because I've been <laughs> in it. But then like someone launches something new and I'm like, no, I can't do it. No, it's too hard. This this new platform that I need to use is too hard. I can't do it. Like it's just new and you have to let your brain be bad at something before you can be good at it. And it sounds very cliche, but it's so freaking true. And I harp on it all the time that it is not hard. It's just new. Um, so yeah, excited for you guys. You got this. Love that. (laughs) Love that. Thank you so much, Abigail. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I told you so much value in today's episode. I could not agree more with everything she said throughout this entire episode. And that's not always super common because Instagram growth coaches like myself and Abigail, we oftentimes have slightly different opinions on things. And I'm sure we don't agree on everything, but at least on everything that we talked about in today's episode, we were on the same page. I completely agree with her emphasizing the season that you're in and the importance of honoring the time and place that not just your business, but your life are currently in. And I especially liked hearing that she sells, in her opinion, every single day in some form or fashion, because I think that's absolutely how you should do it. We heard on a previous episode of Social Media Money Makers that the average consumer, you and I, sees about 10,000 advertisements per day. So even if you're posting every single day with some sort of sale or promotion, that's only 0.01% of all of the ads that your audience will see that day. And that doesn't include all of the other content that they will see just scrolling through their socials. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there to talk about what it is you have to sell or offer. And don't be afraid to just get started. Start messy, start sloppy, but just get started. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.